Welcome to The Roast Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. In South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. It's a role in South Africa. Compassion. Great. Passion. Fiction. Gold. Ultimate gold. Glory. Relentless training. Pain. Pain. <laughs> Hello ladies and gents and welcome to another awesome episode of The Rose Show. Uh, today we are going to be chatting about this last weekend's racing, World Cup 1 of 2023 and a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. First racing of the season, first glimpses at uh, some crews, some crew changes and I'm super happy to announce that I got Mr. Green back in the studio I know you guys had to struggle through James Thompson, but we got Jake back. So, yeah, welcome back, Jake. Great to have you. I'm back, guys. Lawrence, tell me, did you miss me? Big time. Big it's time. Really, it's tough with James. You know, he's uh, he's, he's, he's he's okay. Good guy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't have the, the knowledge that you have, Jake. Yeah, I know. That's probably the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Lawrence. So, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. But, yeah, it's, no, it's good to be back. Um, the rowing has been very hectic. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back on back on the show and uh, bringing bringing guys some good rowing content out there and chatting about this uh, this weekend's racing that I was indeed actually a part of myself for sure. And uh, Jake, I think before we get into the actual racing and the and the results, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about the regatta? What is it like? What is it like traveling again? Uh, all the way across the the pond up to Europe for 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 the first racing of the season. Yeah, it was very good to go um, go back overseas. It's always like the first time you travel overseas in the new season. There's always uh, that eagerness to kind of hit the ground and see where you stack against the field and kind of start your campaign off. So there was a lot of that, um, a lot of that energy, a bit of that nervous energy. You know, we're going overseas as like a fairly new combination and. Um, Heading over to the first World Cup, obviously that's a big season, the Olympic qualification year. So it was really good to get to Croatia, and yeah, I think the uh, Grebe was an awesome rowing venue. Um, it was a beautiful city. We really enjoyed our time there. We went into uh, the center of town the one one afternoon, um, and yeah, it was it's a really beautiful city, and I think definitely um, top notch course there. It's like set in the middle of like this massive sporting park area. Is so it in a city though? It's in the city, but it's part of a huge, like, uh, sport kind of park. So it's a massive, let's say, like, um, huge area where it's just, um, like, there's a rowing course. There, like, fields is an equestrian place. Like, there are people doing paddle-ups, boarding. There's runners, cyclists. Okay. And then there's no, like, traffic. I I was confused because I thought it was a city course uh, because that's, like, what I'd kind of heard about it. And then... I went and looked at pictures and it's like no. in the middle of a forest. So it Yeah, it looks like that, but you yes. it is in the city, but it's like think of like a massive park. Like yeah. you know how you look in New York and there's fucking Mad- um uh Central Park. It's obviously not Central Park, but it's the same yes. there's a big green okay. area in the middle of the city okay. and it's part so of that. So similar to like the Boss Barn in uh in the Netherlands. I've never been to the Boss Barn, so you're gonna have Jeez, to tell take. me. Yeah, well, similar. <laughs> <laughs> it, looks, it looks similar. On, yeah. On pictures. No, it was cool to get there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a good week um, training there in, in Croatia. First time for me. 
Um, it was cool to say uh, how's it to the to Damian Martin and to the Sinkfish brothers. And yeah, I mean, it was cool to obviously they we've had them on the show. Um, so it's come go and see where they're training. Um, their home base training okay. was very was and very you, cool. So did you chat to a few people then? Um, I did chat to a few people. So I spoke to Sinkoviches and um, I sp- spoke quite a lot to probably our biggest fans on the show, Martin Cross and uh, Greg Sewell. I chatted oh. to them a bit after the regatta was pretty cool. Yeah, Martin's commentary, they, their commentary was awesome. I was thinking Greg Sewell, he's starting to he's starting to really punt us a little bit out yeah. there. Maybe it's time to send him a t-shirt. I think it is time starting to send him to a t-shirt. get on to Martin's level. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh. It was for, for sure. But uh yeah, it was cool. It was cool to to get there. I tried to speak to the Ukra- Ukrainian guys. Um, uh, the language barrier was a bit hectic, but they were really nice. Like, I'm actually so surprised with all the stuff that's going on in Ukraine. How sort of um, friendly and um, like I don't know, open and like upbeat they were. Like, I don't know. You probably have preconceived like these guys are going through the worst time ever. So you, you expect them to be kind of solemn and stoic and quiet but they were really they were like really cool and i tried to chat to them but i didn't really get much because their english wasn't great and i can't speak ukrainian so yeah i i always struggled a bit to chat to people at the regatta because i always felt like i was like so focused on racing and then like the regatta and then you always think oh you'll have time to chat after the regatta and then usually the regatta just wraps up and finishes so quickly it was kind of like that i wanted to speak to is talk because is talk works for Felipe and he was there but every time I wanted to speak to him, he was, um, I think, uh, what what are the, the Massimo was telling his yeah. talk about something and he was busy. So, unfortunately, and then after racing, I, tr- I was looking around for him. I couldn't find him anyway. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Yeah. And then I think, uh, oh, and then tell us what boat did you race this? Um, I mean, you know, you raced the four, but what actual boat did you race? Uh like the uh, Felipe, but what carbon did you race the carbon wing? No, so we're racing the Felipe F38 aluminium wing. Which is the one we have at home. Um, we do have a, a carbon wing at home, but it's a it's a quad shape. Yes. And I I think uh, our coach doesn't like it so much, so we've been racing the aluminium wing. So okay. I mean, it's been working for us. I think uh, we would it would be really nice. We were looking at the um, so I can't remember which four we were looking at. The Ukrainian four. They've got the very nice Aliante carbon F thirty eight. Um, the update, basically the one we have, but with, with the, the carbon the riggers. Aliante rigger. Yeah. They were very cool. So. Yeah, and also we get there, and I don't know what happened, but the boat we got from Felipe, the holes in the riggers didn't match up. So I, as a guy from South Africa where Felipe's are, like you take care of them because it's not easy to get them in. They're very expensive. Next thing he pulls out a drill, <laughs> and this is the boat we're racing, and he starts drilling holes in the Felipe. I'm like, this is this <laughs> makes me nervous. But by the time we raced, we had a, we had a boat was good to go. And next regatta, you're not going to be pulling out the, the Macon blades. Definitely not. Uh, we'll ch- we'll chat about it a bit later. Um, there, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely no temptation to row a Mac on play, especially in sweep. <laughs> it's working so well, though, Jake. Uh, it's the in thing. I don't know. I mean, composite blades haven't even made a splash in sweep yet. So I think sweep is very conservative when we come to blades. So I think uh, Mac on they're going to have to s- sit tight in the in the in the background there for a while. Then um, going back to to Martin Cross, actually it was amazing because, like I think the first race of the of the day, he was talking about the percentages and that he he had too many things on his plate so he couldn't get the percentages out. So I started calculating them 
on the side and sending them to him. So he was, I think, very chuffed that he could uh, he could chat about the percentages. And then talking about the numbers, though, so basically every regatta, uh, we take the the winning times, the times of all the the the, the uh, all the competitors, and we put them against the world record. So we get a breakdown of who won what events and by and what percentage of the world record did they win by and as it goes down the the field how much what that percentage looks like as it gets to the back of the a final and what's the drop off like and what's there's a lot of data in there and it's it's really really nice to look at at the end of the regatta to analyze this the boat speed and see where which crews were performing the highest and all of that so it's really interesting data. We'll chat a lot about it on the show, but if you want that data, uh, we give it to our patrons. They support the show and really help us out. So they, um, so we give it out to them. So if you want it, join us on the Patreon and uh, and you can you can see the numbers. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's always interesting to look look at those numbers. I know there are people out there that fast for that stuff, but I think yeah, let's let's get into let's chat a, a little bit about the racing. Well, um, to start off with, though, I think yeah. like it's—I mean—it's something that you and James spoke about in the in the hype train, and it's definitely like a, an ongoing issue. Um, it's just like the first World Cup always seems to have poor entries. Was I think specifically bad this year because of the timing of Europeans, and I don't know. It's a thing where you you got to make it better, you know, to make it more worthwhile for cruise racing. So what I don't understand is like. World rowing does amazing stuff at a lot of the regattas. You know, world champs are, for me is just better and better every year. Um, you know, there's there's so many improvements going on, but then there's weird things like this regatta for me is like an it's a no show. There's mm-hmm. no one racing there basically. Half the events weren't full. I think we counted six events uh, that weren't full A finals, um, and then and I feel like they've done it to themselves by cannibal like. Europeans is a world rowing event, so they've basically cannibalized World Cup one to have uh, to put Europeans where they where it is, and and big countries are going and representing themselves at other earlier regattas because there's better competition and there's better it's better timing wise for them for their selection. So I don't really understand like what they're trying to achieve with this World Cup one at the moment in this current position and current yeah. format because I feel like having you know, ten entries, or you know, having less than six entries in an event—it's not great. Is not great for an Olympic event. I mean, yeah, I mean, to have what is it? Women's quad is two. Women's, I mean, women's pair was how three. Many? Three. So, and I, then I, you're missing the men's eights and the women's eights completely. Yeah. So for me, it's like I don't want to see the regatta go at all. I want to see them race. I just want the racing to be better because also watching it this weekend, it's great. But it's like when it's not a full final. It's so hard to like read into too yeah. much down the track. I agree with you, and like obviously, you know the Lawrence and I are obviously massive, massive fans of the sport, and you know we being in rowing for such a long time, like you, you're very invested in like your your sport doing well, and it is like the biggest thing for me is there's not enough racing on the calendar, um, and to have one of the few regattas on the calendar have not that many entries is it is a little bit uh well it is disappointing but i'd like yeah the solutions are i think maybe the calendar sw- switching things around the europeans maybe either earlier or how they used to do it at the end of the season um so from so my one is that there's so many really good 
races earlier in the season. There's a lot of regattas, not world rowing regattas, that are performing very well. So yeah, why Pedro not? Luco, Essen, you guys spoke about that. In the, I, are in they the worried that if they move the regatta there, no one will go? But I think if you move the regatta there, you just cannibalize those. You put pressure on those regattas. Yeah. And you have to, and then and then they make a good regatta, and they get a they get a few countries to come in. But it is a good it. point because if you think about it, the World Cups, you have the Olympics, which is the top of the sport. Then you have World Champs, and then under World Champs, you the next the third tier of of um of hierarchy of regattas is the World Cup series of racing. Mm. Then below those uh, regattas, you would get, I don't know, Pedaluco and. Europeans, continentals. So you should, I think you should um, prioritize the uh, the premier regattas of the World Cup series. Um, and like, I don't think the solution is at all, like, they, I feel like the solution is you need to have all the regattas, but there needs to be participation. And I'm maybe thinking maybe the culture, the rowing culture is maybe, it needs to shift a little bit to say, listen, it might be a tight racing schedule, but you know, let's let's start going to the first World Cup and then go. Even if Europeans is two weeks later, let's go to this, the Europeans. Hey, what do you yeah, think about that? Yeah, sure. I want racing because maybe the weekend. The, I'm sitting here at home waiting for the next regatta, and yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to have racing every weekend. Can't I mean, it be like uh, Formula One where yeah. we just have racing every? It is difficult. Week. So, like, if you think about it in other sports, like you know, if you're watching the Premier League, um, a lot of a lot of us down here are big fans of Premier League. They have to juggle chocolate block weekends when they're playing in the Premier League, the FA Cup, the Champions League, Europa League. They have to p- play for the international sides and their calendars are stacked full. Mm. So, And I mean, a lot of people are choosing Peluco over World Cup 1 yeah. because there's more racing. There's that double regatta entry uh, over the weekend. So even this, even some, even changing the format of World, of World Cup 1 might even improve. So I think there is a bit of a, there m- might be a bit of a cultural thing. Obviously, it's it's oversimplification, like the logistics is much more difficult to get right. But I still think maybe it is a, a cultural thing where like you have to, because rowing is such a he- heavily, a hev- uh, like aerobic um, um, thing to go through, you have to prioritize certain events over the others and maybe say, yeah, well, let's just still go to the first World Cup get a lot of racing in or maybe world rowing needs to put in a, uh, some sort of regulation based on racing world cups and stuff like that i don't know it look it, it gets tricky because yeah no they can put some prize money in prize money is a good way to sort that out yeah i think there's so many things they can do i just feel like at the moment it's a regatta that's in the wrong place um and like uh, the wrong time wise like yeah. it's too close to europeans it's too late in the season for like real selection battles even though there were a couple at the regatta and there's better options earlier on where there's more racing and awesome for the the coaches selection battles and then gives them that little bit of break to gear up for europeans if that's when they want to hold europeans yeah so yeah i think uh Definitely something to to try and get right in the future. And then and then on top of that, sorry Jake to interrupt, but the on top of that is the actual viewership was also really really low for the regatta. So I can't remember exactly the numbers of world champs last year, but it was not too bad. And this regatta, you know, because you can see it when you go and log on to world champs uh, on on through the world rowing website, you can see the numbers on the feed. And this year, it only peaked, I saw it peak at 2,400 during Men's Skull. 
And my issue with it is that the, I mean, we've said it so many times, but the, the medal ceremony, it's cool for mom and dad to, to watch their, um, I'm sure your I'm sure your parents back home were just <laughs> screaming at the TV when you're getting your yeah. medal, but it's not great to watch. No, it's like not. as a spectator and this the percentage I saw about at least twenty five percent on most um the difference between the racing and then the medal ceremony. So it just means that like people are actively turning off the rowing during the medal ceremony to go watch something else. And you know, twenty five percent of you know two thousand four hundred people is it's a lot of people. It and is. It's a, bi- it's a big way. It's a big. Eff- it's like a big effect of the on the on the race. Yeah, it it is. But I think it's actually this is actually part of like a. It is one part of like a massive discussion around like I mean we've sp- we've got all the time about like the innovations that the sport needs. Yeah, I think it's part of that conversation. And anyway, that that's a that's a can of worms that <laughs> we'll, we're not we'll, going to open now. Gonna open now but, but anyway, I, all I'm saying is that like the I just think that there's it's, and it's small stuff. I don't f- feel like it's really big um, big stuff that they need to change. But yeah, it's just not going the way I want it to go. I want it to to see a bit more. Yeah, you want to see people stacked. Yeah, want to see full racing. Yeah, full racing, good numbers, and and going from there. Yeah. Okay, but Jake, before we get too upset with ourselves, let's uh, chat about the numbers a bit, and let's chat about the racing. What uh, you've, you, I'm sure you've caught up on the on the racing that you missed. What is your top event? What's your top pick? If you're going back to watch one race, if you some of our listeners maybe missed some of the racing, which which race are they going back to watch? So, my viewpoint is very partial. Very biased, and I'm leaning into it. Um, the men's pair was probably my my top event for the regatta. Obviously, yeah. as a person that's competed in the men's pair, and uh, the men's pair and the men's four are often view as like um, sibling categories to a certain extent. There's a lot of kind of like crossover between the two. I I enjoyed the the pair. They had the Swiss pair that did very well against um, you know Spain. And um, Serbia, who are tried combinations, and then you had the Danish, who were coming back from the Olympics, which I thought they put in a pretty good, a pretty good shift at the regatta, coming away with the bronze medal. Um, and then, yeah, I just enjoy it. You know, I've I'm um, uh, quite. Uh, we chat quite a lot with the Serbian pair, so I was a little bit bleak to see them not do so well at this this regatta. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I just thought, like, the watching the final. Um, the last year's world champs was so good and like we've got to speak about it now but like obviously Ian right now coaching at Switzerland he's got a very distinctive way I mean uh, the Martin and Greg spoke about in the regatta yeah. very distinctive way of coaching with uh, that dominant pause around the back and I thought the Swiss pair I think they were nailing it probably the best from the weekend I did enjoy how they were rowing especially when they when you looked at the side profile about how the boat was moving mm-hmm. the water I thought they were moving really well through the water. So I'm really interested and invested in that boat class going forward throughout the season. No, for sure. I think that's a that's a good pick. It's not my pick, but it's it's a good one. I think that the, the Swiss were rowing really nicely and it's really awesome to watch. Smooth, flat, just the boat just really moving nice and easy. And I think it's their top sweep boat. So uh, I'm sure that they'll stay around in that combination going forward and we'll see maybe some changes to some of the other boats, but I think that that combination will go. And it'll be nice to see when some more uh, countries join the fray 
where the Swiss start to to stack up against. But they did pretty well though. Like when I'm looking at the numbers, they're like kind of mid pack on ninety four and a half, ninety four point two five percent. So you know, like right in the middle. You know, most countries, uh, most races were in the ninety fours. Um, like there was a big bunch of of uh, boat classes in the ninety fours. I would say, yeah. So then we'll get more into the the detail of the the nitty gritty of the numbers just now. But the yeah, I think the pair that was a pretty good effort because usually the last few years they've been a bit on the low side. Yeah. So pushing up a bit and in this kind of regatta was was pretty good. Um. So when I met with when I me and James recorded on Thursday last week, then we spoke about which uh, boat classes we were keen to watch. So we said, um. We both had men's, uh, well, I said men's double and James said men's skull. Oh, no, I said men's skull and James said men's double because uh, he wanted to see the Sinkoviches. So he was pushing for those and I said, no, it's not going to be that. And now after watching the re- weekend, we were both schooled um, by by those two races and getting topped by the, the men's pair on the percentage side. Light red men's double. I mean, sorry, Lightweight means double. Well, you're becoming long in the tooth, Lawrence. No, I'm just reading. I don't know so what, what I'm happens. Doing, I'm not keeping you honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had James with me t- for too long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Lighty means double. They topped the sheet 96.3%. So really, really fast uh, racing from there. Yeah, and I thought a dominant performance from that Swiss Lighty yeah. double. Bush I run. think I think they'll be a good crew. Like I know the, the Lighty double is missing quite a bit of um, ammo, but I think that Swiss Lighty double is going to be dangerous yeah. um, this season. No, for sure. And then, so I thought that out of my, my top pick of the race would definitely be out of those top percentages. But actually, there was one other, the Gladiator event, Lighty Women's Double. Mm, you know, the thing is, the lightweights, they always come they come <sighs> in and, and provide for us. I don't, and that's the, you're actually just making me upset again. No, Lawrence. Just, I don't understand how we lose the lightweights stop. when they are doing so well. The racing is don't incredible. Don't put yourself through it. But the, so for me, race of the day, race of the regatta was the, the Lighty Women's Double A final. It was an absolute cracker. If you didn't watch the racing, go back and watch just that one race because the race is absolutely superb. You had the Swiss team. Um, two boat cl- uh, two boats into the into the final racing off for their selection. So there was uh, Martin said there was a lot of um, a lot hanging on those two crews. You know between who was going to win that and and how it was going to affect their national uh, campaign and the year. And obviously there's qualification this year, so it's quite hectic if they if they miss it out. But they raced like absolute champs, and I think the the. Uh, Swiss two the the one that the up and coming crew that you know kind of hadn't performed that well earlier in the regatta gave it everything through the middle of the regatta uh, the middle mm. of the race and really put um the put the the top uh, Swiss crew under a bit of pressure and at one point it looked like they were gonna you know kind of make that move make it stick and then things started to get a bit wobbly and uh, and then Austria coming back. To have a massive sprint and put them uh, put themselves back in the in the race. So, for me, it was everything that the the lighty uh, girls always show. Uh, just perfect racing and really really tough competition and between them all. What what I also loved about the lightweight woman. I don't know. I need to double check because I actually don't know if it's the same crew. But the Austrian crew that came uh, got the silver right behind the Swiss. They they raced. Uh, they they came top of the D final at World Champs last year. Jeez, and really? they 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 putting the the Swiss combination, which um, 
where a finalist last year at World Champs and I have a lot of play, uh, pressure. That is outrageous. So that's a huge that's a huge mark of improvement from them. So I think massive shout out to the Swiss Lighty. I mean, your, the, the Swiss Lighty double. And shout out to them. Austrian. And a huge yeah. uh, shout out who to the Austrians. Being, who are you being rude to just now? <laughs> just relax. The, um, but the, the, oh, the racing... You know, you're saying that they came whatever in the in the in the B or D final, but there's probably there's not that much in it though when you're looking at the light red goals. So, you know, we were speaking about it that you could be ninth and the next regatta you can win a medal. And it's been like that for a long time. So it that's is. how close it is. Oh, and so tough. you don't need to be like you can have a small improvement and do a lot better. Yeah. No, it is regatta to regatta. I mean that's why we call it uh, call it the, the gladiator event. Um, but I think maybe going on to some some other highlights. Let's you you spoke about the the men's double, and all I thought about watching the Croatians in that A final was I was watching them and they looked like they had a point to prove. Hey, big time, big time, big time. The whole regatta, they just looked like they were here to to do business. But they're so professional, though. Mm. I mean, they're the most I don't know down to earth athletes I've ever met. So I mean, they they just rock up their they put their best on the water. They really give it everything they got. And this time they looked really in control. So they got a lot of work to do, though. But, I mean, Spain was a good uh, benchmark for them, having won the, well, the I mean, silver last year. So, they, yeah, so that's that's the thing, though. They put four seconds into the people that won silver last year. And the yeah. Spanish were, um, I think they were a second off the French. So, yeah, I think uh, the Sinkoviches definitely... For me, when I watched their performance, I think they had a point to prove. And again, always, always great watching them row. I mean, I think they're such a you know massive ambassadors for the sport. Oh, and for sure. Getting a win at the first World Cup on their home yeah. country, yeah, coming through. I think that oh, they would have definitely been my crew, my choice pick. But I think because it was such a kind of two horse race or one horse race. The uh, th- there wasn't that much excitement. That's why I went with the the lighty girls, because the they were. P- I mean, that was awesome to watch. But they wasn't. They were in control the whole way down the course, laying it out there. Talking about two horse racing, and I know we were saying that obviously it's it's not great to see that uh, Olympic boat classes can't fill up um, races together. However, that doesn't always mean that there isn't good racing in those events. And one event that had three entries that had pretty much um, one-on-one flipping cage match down the track was the woman's pair. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Big shout out to the, um, I think you, you said it before, and the Spanish Spanish pair stroke woman hanging on to the, the win there. Because when I was watching the racing, she looked like she was in a coma with 300 meters to go, and she still managed to hang in there for the for the win. And uh, the the Czech pair was putting them under a lot of pressure the whole way down the track. Yeah, her name is Pavlina Flamikova, and she laid it out every stroke down the track on the boys at the end, trying to keep the boat straight. I wonder if she was steering. I was trying to look, but I couldn't tell if she was steering or the the girl in the bow was steering. But 
there was pressure coming down the course, and uh, there were more than once that I think that they were they were going to get uh, put by the. I the thought checks. so too. I thought so too. Yeah. And then, but they managed to to hold it off, which was really really cool. And then her her pair's partner was having to hold her up on the podium, <laughs> and she, I've never seen someone look so unimpressed on the podium. She, I think she looked like she was going to. You should out see there. if you think someone looks unimpressed. Go look at Henry when he was on the podium. <laughs> Henry looked even more unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the it was just really funny and awesome. It was a great race. So yeah, you don't need a lot of crews to to have good racing, and they definitely showed us that uh, yeah, two crews can can come down the track as you said, battling it out full on. Uh, really, really cool. Then Jake, the other events like really disappointing that there was no men's uh, men's or women's eights, and then we were missing. Only two crews in the women's quad, only three crews in the women's four, only three crews in the women's pair, and only four crews in the men's quad. So those events for me, like, they're just lacking so much. And it's actually, when you're looking at the percentages, the drop-offs through the regatta were massive. So even the crew, even the boats, the events that had six uh, boats in the final the drop-off was still really big, just showing that there wasn't that depth, the big depth in the um, in the racing. So if you look at like World Champs last year, between the A final, you know, if you go over more, if you go over two percent, it's it's a really big gap between first and sixth. Mm. Um, whereas here, the the closest regatta and the closest race of the thing was three percent, three point six percent, in the. 3.6 in the women's uh, double. So the the gaps were huge. Some of the gaps even up at 7% between first and last place in the A final, which is kind of a bit dismal yeah. <laughs> to, have, uh, to have those swings in percentages. Yeah, I know. I think, uh, I mean, we did, we did speak about it earlier. It's like definitely something that, um, you know, when it comes to when you don't have the lack, when you have lacking a little bit of depth, you sort of, um, tendencies seem to creep through, but again, I think talking about the the small events, um, I think the women's four, even though we're lacking a lot of entries, otherwise uh, they did mention it. I think that's the first time a Chilean uh, woman have managed to get the gold medal on the podium, which I think was at least at least good for them to sort of carry on confidence and look like there was a new combination. The Abraham sisters who have been rowing the pair for a while. Looks like they've gotten the four mm. together, and there's they they. Um, and I wonder how consistent it will be. I wonder if it'll change at all going forward. If they, you know, how many like a lot of the crews, you know, you saw a few changes, um, exactly like that. The the Abraham sisters racing in the boat, um, but maybe they will go back to the the pair later in the season, though. I think it's a chance, like for sure, like it's still pretty early in the in the season for 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 selection. But I, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens going forward. But I think. Again, another big event that we have haven't spoken about yet, and I think one definitely everyone's one of everyone's favourites was the the men's single skull. Oh, beautiful! I thought we were going to end on that, or maybe we are ending. No, we, we. So I know Lawrence has always been a massive fanboy of Oli Oli Seidler since he's come on the scene. Hey, basically, basically, I'm his number one, number one fan. No, hey, I'm his. Um, <laughs> I'm his Martin Cross to the Rose Show. Yeah, number one in the <laughs> water, number one in your heart. That's it. <laughs> That's but, it. But no, I've always said I have, and I will. I will now 
people will start joining me on my beliefs that Ali can can be the best of all time in a single day. He just dominates the race. When he yeah. puts it together, he kills it. I mean, I think he last season he was a bit up and down, but I think that was more... No, I don't think it was up and down. It was just the Europeans that was a bit of a blip on the radar. Yeah, but he does like... When he when he make when he doesn't get it right, he doesn't get it right yeah. spectacularly. But I think it's also like it's pressure, you know. He's no, it is has, pressure. But he's had a bad Olympics. I did say it at World Champs. I I'm pretty sure the reason he didn't Europeans was a bit of a mess up was that you can see the way he's racing now. It's a it's a new style that he's done now with this heavy start with the tempo. At Europeans, I feel like he was he was still getting it right. And he did. He he missed. He didn't get it right at Europeans, and I think the pressure got to him. He didn't quite get it right, and he he uh, he lacked a little bit in the end. However, his performance in that A final for me was the most dominant performance of the weekend. It might not be at the biggest margin. Um, no, I don't know what it is, it. but just it. the way he rode the the technique, how he controlled the race from the beginning was amazing and i i i mean even at the first world cup i would go as far to say as i'll be surprised if he gets stopped by someone this, this no. season so he rode 646 so 16 seconds off the world record but in pretty flat conditions and you know 96 percent is pretty good he finished second behind the lighty men's uh double on the on the percentage sheet so um pretty good and as you say someone that wasn't really under that much pressure yeah, I mean, I again another big talking point was I'm so happy to see it. Oh yeah, we were talking Sherry about Nielsen. it earlier. Sherry Nelson's back, yeah. and what a good way to to start his campaign um, with uh, I, I think a good performance uh, against Ollie. And I caught an interview. He Will Drawing interviewed um, the two of them, and I think Sherry said he said he always loves racing his Ollie because Ollie's so consistent. And I think it's a good point. And I think if I was Fury. I would get off the water saying to myself, I'm in a really good place because you were, there's no, I think for me, Oli is on top of the world at the moment. So and I think Sferi's definitely got a lot of confidence yeah. after this weekend. For sure, for sure. My my heart broke a little bit for uh, Damian Martin. I thought he was going to come with a thunder. I keep, I've got to also back him a lot. Did, um, I don't think you don't, no, no. Don't sleep on that it's guy. It's early in the, the season, I, and he always starts with a, a little I bit know. of a rough, a rough patch. He's, I flipping, he's probably one of my favorite scholars. But I, just, I want him to kill it all the time. I know, so me too. I'm the same. Me. I'm I'm the same. I also want him to kill it all the time. But I think oh. there's that, that you know, that I don't think he's, he's, still got, he's still got lots to, lots to come, no doubt. Cool, Jake. So, I mean... I think that kind of covers most events that uh, that were that were worthy of and chatting about. Wait, hold on. We can chat a bit about more. You, we spoke about the Macon Blades. We can't oh, yeah, not no, no, finish that, up without was, speaking about was, the. That was where I was going to go. The finish. I was going to say we've spoken about most of the events. Yeah, so the, I think to, the two women's skull. The last one we should touch on and speak about was the women's skull, which was the f- closest finish of the regatta, and I couldn't help but think. I'm not a fan. Lawrence is not a fan of the Macon. I'm not a fan of the Macon. And I just couldn't help but think if that Swiss Scala was using cleavers and a more standard rig, she would be able to um, keep the Spanish She would have won. Bay. That's my hot take. That's my hot take of the whole regatta. 
But I don't, I don't like saying this stuff because people are going to send us stuff and say, you're such a hater or whatever. And I, I feel bad for saying it, but I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, kudos for her to, like, sticking to her guns, racing with Macon Blades, uh, the footboard that's coming out the boat and a swift boat. Um, oh. It's clearly working for her. But, yeah, I thought that was quite cool. And massive shout-out for the Spanish scholar for putting in the hard graft and coming away with a well-earned win in a very close Yeah, very, Spain very is close Virginia race. Rivas. So, really good sprint from her. And then uh, the Swiss goal... Oriella Maxima Janssen. But so she's killed it at junior level and under 23 level. And we were watching those racing, going, watching that racing, what, go thinking, what on earth is, is happening here? Macons are a thing of the past. I mean, how many, Jake, how many people have we spoken to on the show that used to row with Macons back in the day? Martin Cross. Yeah, they used to row. And then when the cleaver came out, they tested it out a little bit and uh, never again. No brainer. They went. They no no bueno, as they the, say. In, in, in the, the only the person water. actually that, we, that we've spoken about that has done a little bit of back and forth was Martin Cross because they were trying to use the Macon because there's not as much grip. So they're trying to use the Macon to like find the leg speed and the acceleration and then only like later, close to racing, switch back to the cleaver because the coach thought they were getting lazy when they rode with the cleaver because there's so much connection mm. so don't under i so but uh, when she swaps to cleaver and then what no so she wins this is my point though <laughs> this is my point is that she is clearly an absolutely phenomenal athlete to be doing what she's doing with the mac on all because there is zero scientific data to support her choice of all you know it's not like it's not like people, you know, there's people rowing Alianti riggers and people rowing front wings. And yes, the Alianti is newer, but there's not like a massive amount of data to say like, oh, okay, this is um, this is better now. But the cleaver is significantly better than the Macon. Exactly. And if For it me, it's kind of the same way if someone's rowing in a wooden boat. Yes. If, if the wooden boat was better, then maybe there would still be some really fast times in wooden boats or some really, you know, maybe some of the world records would have been hard to break. But there's no world records with anyone in a Macon or that held for very long once the cleaver oars came out. Look, anyway, I she is without a doubt an absolutely phenomenal scholar, a phenomenon in the woman's skull. And that Spanish skull is also a really good pedigree. She was uh, uh, a finalist from last year's uh, world champs in the women's skull. Yes, um, but, but that's so. That's my hot take. Aurelia would have won this race if she had had that's proper, the hot take. proper oars. Yeah, she wasn't rowing with those half oars. Yeah. Also, no, who I makes practice sport? I see make macons. But do you think they're like cause, updated? <laughs> no, my question is that like you, <laughs> there's no there's no one is making Macons on mass. So like concept two must just pump out normal ores. But if you ask them for Macon, do you think they still what they just pull the mold out and make a Macon? Like is Who it that knows? easy? Who knows? It probably is pretty easy, but I don't know. It's 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 really interesting and like, you know, I think uh yeah, we'll see what happens. I I I would be surprised if she continued this if she continued how she's going, because if you if you give her <laughs> if you give her a more <laughs> conventional 
setup. Because oh, that's the other thing. So she's got a swift boat, yeah. Braca Sport Mac Mac-on on blades, blades, and a and footboard, footboard is set. set. Uh, I don't know how high it is, but it looks ridiculously yeah. high. Like, I don't know if for those, the people that are listening, and next time, have a closer look. Like, if you've ever been in a rowing boat, your footboard, for me, my footboard's fairly low in the boat. You would n- certainly never have the footboard sticking above the the, the hull. Yeah. And her foot plate is sticking above the hull, out the skull. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's interesting. Anyway. Maybe we just get on the show, Jake. We yeah, just ask we her all just these questions. Her. Let's get on the show. What, and what, What's going on here? What is happening? Because also, it's one thing. It's like someone's trying to make a statement and be like, cool, we can make this work. And they're rowing and they're at the back of the field and kind of everyone's cheering them on. Yeah. But she's killing it. Yeah, no, so she's doing well. something is working extremely well. I mean, we all know how hard it is to make a boat go fast. And yeah. she's doing it with... She's doing it really well. And you know what? A I very sh- unconventional I way. I think huge shout out to Swiss Rowing at the moment because they seem like they're doing really well. So I hope they can continue the their um, they, they form throughout the season because they were definitely by far the, the winners overall from the regatta. And yeah, I think uh, it's it's cool to see so many boats from them doing well. For and sure, definitely hope to see them maintaining the form going forward. Yeah, they got five uh, gold medals and nine medals in total. This yeah, was team. It's pretty it's good. Really, really good. Really good shift at the regatta. It's really incredible, actually. Incredible result from the the Swiss team. So I think we. I'm so interested to see now where these crews will stack up in the in the World Cup in Europeans. Europeans now. and then the second World Cup, yeah. which is in where is it? Surely Lucerne. No, Lucerne the third. Lucerne the third one. I literally looked at it the other day. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But uh, the Europeans matter. is in Bled in Slovenia. That is to our listeners, Jake. Now you've teased them with the re- with the <laughs> result that you uh, that you can't even provide. It's them in Varese. Nice. Italy. Raise is a good place to race. I've raced there. It's been it's nice. awesome. But anyway, I think that's a it's a wrap for the, the regatta um regatta madness. Yeah. And sure. yeah, it's great to be great to be back on the show. It's great to have some racing. It was great to be racing and yeah, I mean uh, we'll see you guys uh we'll see you guys next time. For sure. Jakey, well done for your silver. Thank you very and much. And hopefully that's just a taste of things just to come for the season. And yeah, go out there and put it out there and race and train your butt off. Because you've got a lot of hard racing coming up this season. Yeah. And I want to be sitting here screaming and shouting at the TV um, and yeah, watching you you come down the track. So yeah, good luck for you. And yeah, thanks to everyone listening to the show. If you want some more, go to the Patreon group. It is incredible, especially during the regatta. There's always a lot of banter and a lot of detail going going on there. So, yeah, really good stuff. And cool. Guys, until next time, we're out. Peace. Ciao.